This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. And this was a big interview considering some of the news of the week, Jason. Absolutely. The president of the Broadway League, Charlotte St. Martin. You know, Broadway, we had talked to her a little bit earlier in the Mm -hmm. pandemic. There was some hope that maybe later this year... Broadway would get back, people would be back on stage, people would be back in the audiences. It's not going to happen. We're not going to see Broadway until 2021 at the earliest, and we don't even know what it's going to look like. That We've been uh, watching everything from a medical and scientific uh, way, and our the people we are working with and that we've hired have said we're cautiously optimistic about after the first of the year, but for now there's just no way we can accomplish your goal, which is to make sure that the cast, the crew, and the audience are all safe. So we won't be back until they can be. And so uh, talk to us about the, the economics of this, Charlotte, because, I mean, obviously there are economic considerations, and you talked with us about this the, the last time you were with us, there are economic considerations on a a socially distanced performance that makes it virtually impossible. And and you did a nice job of of explaining that. But the economic implications of no Broadway are are massive. They really are. And not just for Broadway, but for all of the businesses that uh, depend on Broadway. We either hire or are responsible for 97,000 jobs. That's the local restaurants, that's the retail stores in the area, that's uh, the hotels, it's the museums in the vicinity, the parking garages, and they don't go back to work until Broadway goes back to work. So uh, it's not just Broadway that's hurting, it's everybody that depends on Broadway. Yeah, I am curious some of the questions, you know, the conversations you guys are having, because it's, you know, this comes in a week where we did talk to you know, uh, someone who manages um, a family-owned hotel down in downtown New York and, you know, what they're doing. And I think, Jason, they said something like 20 or 30 percent capacity, you know, and how they're doing things differently. And it is a very different experience in terms of shoes being cleaned and everything sanitized. There is there is just no way to do Broadway physically or financially, right, on a smaller scale of not really making the goal always filling as many seats as possible. That's correct. The, we are uh, a heavy, heavily unionized business, mm. and we have the best theatrical employees in the world, but they're also the most expensive. And uh, the costs of Broadway continue to skyrocket because the world expects us to deliver the best of everything, the best sets, the best digital technology, as well as the best actors. And it's uh, it, it's an expensive business to run. The uh, the history has shown that in the best years, one out of four shows recoups on its investment. And for the long run, it's one out of five shows recoup on their investment. So uh, a significantly reduced audience uh, just doesn't work. If, if we uh, open and have audiences of 50% or less, Broadway won't work. So Mm. we have to make sure that when we open, we have ticket sales to help keep the shows open because it would be a disaster to have the shows open and then have to close three weeks later. Right. So 
Charlotte, I, I wonder, because I know you're talking to producers and playwrights and all the folks who are on the creative side as well. I mean, what does this do for shows that were, you know, maybe not quite ready to go, but were teed up to open in, in the second half of the year, or maybe some shows that, that were scheduled to open at the beginning of next year, does everything get pushed? How many things just don't happen? What's your sense of how this sort of ripples through what we see when hopefully we are able to return to Broadway early next year? Well, I mean, fortunately, uh, we have only had two shows that were to open right after we closed mm -hmm. uh, Broadway on March 12th and one long-running show uh decide not to come back and that was frozen and then there were the two that aren't going to be performing but that leaves about 35 shows that could be coming back when we reopen and what happens is if they all come back there won't be enough theaters for the shows that were coming in because many of the shows on Broadway are what you call limited runs they right. say we're going to be running for 12 weeks or 16 weeks and if those shows do, in fact, come back, and we hope they do, then everything that was scheduled for January or the spring will be pushed back a bit. And we sure hope that all of those shows get to come back. Those people work four to yeah. six years, sometimes more to bring their show to Broadway. So we want them to have their day. I have to say, I was kind of looking forward to it. I think it was going to be a limited run. Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, right? Wow. They were just about to open, weren't they? They were, but they are scheduled to come back in the spring. Okay, that's good to hear. Local what? residents making yeah. good on their promise, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happens, you know, you, I love you coming on because you do explain kind of the economics um, and, you know, of how Broadway works. What happens to all of those workers? You say it's heavily unionized. Do they, have they been getting payments of some sort or are they getting money from the government? Like, how does it work? What happens to those workers? Well, when we shuttered, uh, we paid the workers for two and a half weeks. Okay. And then uh, health care was covered for longer than that. And many of the unions are getting health care coverage still. And many are getting unemployment insurance. But there's no question, everyone on Broadway, producers, the people that work in the producer's office, the people that work in theaters, everyone is uh, is experiencing difficulty. I mean, most people think Broadway, wow, big business, big big corporations. Broadway is made up of hundreds of small little businesses that put everything they have to bring their show to Broadway. I mean, yes, you have Disney and a couple of other big shows that, uh, big companies that bring their shows to Broadway, but most are small entrepreneurial businesses and they're all suffering as well as the actors and stagehands and designers. It, there's nothing good about this shutdown. Yeah. And Charlotte, you know, one of the things we talked about the last time you were with us was, you know, obviously you have uh, a window into this through the, the touring companies as well. I mean, this is a national uh, epidemic and we're seeing it really flare up uh, in a lot of different places. I know, I, I believe if I remember you hail from Dallas, so you understand all different parts of the of the country. How is the touring business looking amid all of this? Is it completely shut down as well? Or are you seeing any movement there? 
Broadway tours are in 242 cities around our country, and they're all shuttered. The uh, one slight uh, glimmer of hope is many of the other markets where the Broadway shows tour to were not as heavily hit by the virus. So there is some thought that some some of the cities can open up before the end of the year. And most of our cities are not as dependent on tourism as right. New York City is. They have subscribers, and subscribers are very loyal to their theater. I mean, I didn't miss a show at the Dallas Summer Musicals for as long as I could remember because that's where I learned to love Broadway, and that's that's the way people are in many of the markets across the country. So hopefully we will get some of those people back to work before the end of the year. Do you see it as it's not until we get a vaccine or at least treatment modalities that can treat people who ultimately get the virus to keep, you know, so that they they may get the virus, but they can take something that uh, mitigates the, the, the symptoms and the outcomes? Is that... Is that what will ultimately open up Broadway, Charlotte? Well, we do not believe uh, that we have to have the vaccine to open. It will be great to have it, Mm. uh, but the medical professionals that we're working with say that many other protocols that are uh, coming close to to being real uh, would allow us to come back. Certainly, the most critical thing for the cast and crew is the uh, instant testing because there is no way that these performers can, and stagehands and the people that work backstage, can come back and we not be assured every single day that they're healthy. Because if you've never been in backstage of a Broadway theater, these are historic buildings that are spectacular, but they're not the biggest backstage areas you've ever seen. So uh, we have to have the testing that, is reliable, and we're getting good indications that those will be available to us. Plus, there are protocols being developed all around the world that mm. we're obviously watching and paying attention to. Uh, theater is a global community, and Broadway tra- uh, travels around the world, and the world travels to Broadway. So we're all sharing information, and our medical experts are telling us that uh, they have cautious optimism that uh, we can come back after the first of the year, not telling us exactly when, right. but after the first. And uh, and we're we're hoping for that to be the case. As we all know, we find out new things about this virus. Seems like every week, sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's not. So we're very dependent on the good news. Yeah. As you're as you're talking about backstage, I'm thinking about uh, that opening scene of of the movie Birdman, uh, Charlotte, where yes. they're sort of going through all those narrow little halls, and he's squeezing past everybody. You're right. I mean, it's just one of these things, and we talk about sports in the same way, sort of the intimacy of it, and that's why we love it in many ways. I, I mean, I guess as you started out this conversation by talking about Charlotte, I, I wanted to ask you about New York City because we've been having so many conversations. Carol and I have with so many guests about how the city may change on on the other side of this. And given that Broadway is so critical and, as you say, so interconnected with that whole environment and so many different industries and little it's a little mini economy, more than a mini economy, an economy into into itself, unto itself. How do you think New York changes on the other side of this? Just only got about a minute left. 
Sure. I mean, I do think it would be unrealistic of us to assume that Broadway and that New York City comes back full speed. I think we're anticipating that we will have to build up uh, the tourism and the attendance at all things New York City. But we know that there's an enormous amount of pent-up demand for people to come back to New York. And the longer we're closed, the more demand there will be. That was the president of the Broadway League, Charlotte St. Martin. And Jason, I'm not surprised. I remember our earlier conversation a month or so ago with her, and she was not hopeful. I mean, her, her whole point about how do you put all of these people in a Broadway theater, how do you keep them safe, how do you keep the people, uh, the performers on the stage safe? I mean, it's really, really difficult. And it's also a financial model right. that you really need full theaters for it to work. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. This is a health problem, but also an economic problem, as everything is with the virus and the response. And certainly that is coming to bear on Broadway. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune into Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg.